0: CHAPTER THREE OF THE MYSTERIES OF PARIS, VOLUME Six BY Eugène SUE. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. LOVE'S frenzy. It was nightfall when Rodolphe went to the notaries. The pavilion occupied by Jacques Ferrand was plunged in the deepest obscurity. The wind roared and the rain fell as it did on the terrible night when Cecily, before she quitted the notary's abode forever, had excited the passions of that man to frenzy extended on his bed feebly lighted up by a lamp jacques ferrand was dressed in a black coat and waistcoat one of the sleeves of his shirt was tucked up and spotted with blood a ligature of red cloth which was to be seen on his nervous arm announced that he had been bled by polidori who standing near his bed leaned one hand on the couch and seemed to watch his accomplice's features with uneasiness nothing could be more frightfully hideous than was jacques Ferrand whilst plunged in that somnolent torpor which usually succeeds violent crises of a ashy paleness his face was bedewed with a cold sweat and his closed eyelids were so swollen so injected with blood that they appeared like two red balls in the centre of his cadaverous countenance another such an attack and he is a dead man exclaimed polidori in a low voice all the writers on this subject have agreed that all who are attacked by this strange and frightful malady usually sink under it on the seventh day and it is now six days since that infernal creole kindled the inextinguishable flame which is consuming this man after some minutes of further meditation polidori left the bedside and walked slowly up and down the chamber the tempest was still raging without and fell with such fury on this dilapidated house as to shake it to its centre despite his audacity and wickedness polidori was superstitious and dark forebodings came over him he felt an undefinable uneasiness in order to dissipate his gloomy thoughts he again examined ferrand's features now he said leaning over him his eyelids are injected it would seem as though his blood flowed thither and stagnated no doubt his sight will now present as his hearing did just now some remarkable appearance what agonies now they endure! How they vary! Oh, he added with a bitter smile, when nature determines on being cruel and playing the part of a tormentor, she defies all the efforts of man. And thus, in this illness, caused by an erotic frenzy, she submits every sense to unheard of, superhuman tortures. The storm still howled without, and Polidori, throwing himself into an armchair, exclaimed, What a night! what a night! nothing could be worse for jacques's present state yes he continued the prince is pitiless and it would have been a thousand times better for ferrand to have allowed his head to fall upon a scaffold better fire the wheel molten lead which burns and eats into the flesh than the miserable punishment he endures as i see him suffer i begin to feel a fright for my own fate what will become of me what is in reserve for me as the accomplice of jacques to be his jailer will not suffice for the prince's vengeance perhaps a perpetual imprisonment in the prisons of germany awaits me but that is better than death yet i know that the prince's word is sacred but i who have so often violated all laws human and divine dare i invoke a sworn promise inasmuch as it was to my interest that jacques should not escape so will it be equally my interest to prolong his days but his symptoms grow worse and worse nothing but a miracle can save him what is to be done what is to be done at this moment a crash without occasioned by the fall of a stack of chimneys roused jacques ferrand and he turned on his bed polidori became more and more under the influence of the vague terror which had seized him it is folly to believe in presentiments he said in a troubled voice but the night seems to me very appalling a heavy groan from the notary attracted polidori's attention he is awaking from his torpor he said approaching his bed very quietly perhaps another crisis may ensue polidori muttered jacques ferrand still extended on the bed and with his eyes closed polidori what noise was that a chimney that fell replied polidori in a low voice fearing to strike too loudly on the hearing of his accomplice a fearful tempest shakes the house to its foundation it is a horrible night the notary did not hear and replied turning away his head polidori you are not there then yes yes i am here said polidori in a louder voice but i answered gently for fear of giving you pain "No." i hear you now without any pain such as i had just now for then it seemed as if the least noise burst like thunder on my brain and yet in the midst of it all of these horrible sufferings i distinguished the thrilling voice of cecily who was calling to me still that infernal woman but drive away these thoughts they will kill you these thoughts are life to me and like my life they resist all tortures madman that you are it is these thoughts that cause your tortures your illness is your sensual frenzy which has attained its utmost height once again drive from your brain these thoughts or you will die drive away these thoughts cried ferrand oh never never when my pains give me one moment's repose cecily the demon whom i cherish and curse rises before my eyes what incredible fury it frightens me there now said the notary with a harsh voice and his eyes fixed on a dark corner of the room i see now the outline of an obscure and white form there there and he extended his hairy and bony finger in the direction of his sight there there she is jacques this is death to you yes i see her continued Ferrand with his teeth clenched and not replying to Polidori. There she is. And how beautiful! How her black hair floats gracefully down her shoulders, and her small white teeth shining between her half-opened lips. Her lips so red and humid. What pearls! And how her black eyes sparkle and die. Cecily, he added with inexpressible excitement, I adore you! jacques do not excite yourself with such visions it is not a vision mind mind just now you know you imagined you heard this woman's love-songs and your hearing was suddenly smitten with horrible agony mind i say leave me leave me what is the use of hearing but to hear of seeing but to see but the tortures which follow miserable wretch i will brave them all for a deceit as i have braved death for a reality and to me this burning image is reality ah cecily you are beautiful yet why torture me thus would you kill me ah execrable fury cease cease or i will strangle thee cried the notary in delirium you kill yourself unhappy man exclaimed Polidori, shaking the notary violently in order to rouse him from his excitement. In vain, Jacques continued, "'Oh, beloved queen, demon of delight! Never did I see!' The notary could not finish. He uttered a sudden cry of pain and threw himself back. "'What is it?' inquired Polidori with astonishment. "'Put out that candle. It shines too brightly. I cannot endure it. It blinds me.' "'What?' said polidori more and more surprised there is but one lamp covered with its shade and that shines very feebly i tell you the light increases here now again again oh it is too much it is intolerable added jacques Ferrand, closing his eyes with an expression of increasing suffering you are mad the room is scarcely lighted i tell you open your eyes and you will see open my eyes why i shall be blinded by torrents of burning light with which this room is filled here there on all sides there are rays of fire millions of dazzling scintillations cried the notary sitting up and then again shrieking he lifted both his hands to his eyes but i am blind this burning fire is through my closed lids it burns devours me and now my hands shield me a little but put out the light for it throws an infernal flame. "'It is beyond doubt now,' said Polidori. "'His sight is struck with the same excess of sensitiveness as his hearing was. "'He is a dead man. "'To bleed him in this state would at once destroy him.' A fresh cry ensued, sharp and terrible, from Jacques Ferrand, which resounded in the chamber. "'Villain, put out that lamp. "'Its glaring beams penetrate through my hands, which they make transparent.' i see the blood circulate in the net of my veins and i try in vain to close my eyelids for the burning lava will flow in oh what torture there are gushes as dazzling as if someone were thrusting a red-hot iron into my eyes help help he shrieked twisting himself on his bed a prey to the horrible convulsions of his extreme agony polidori alarmed at the excess of this fresh fit suddenly extinguished the lamp and they were both in perfect darkness at this moment the noise of a carriage was heard at the door in the street when the chamber had been rendered entirely dark in which polidori and ferrand were the latter was somewhat relieved from his extreme pains where are you going said polidori suddenly when he heard jacques ferrand rise for the deepest obscurity reigned in the apartment i am going to find cecily you shall not go the sight of that room would kill you cecily awaits me up there you shall not go i will prevent you said polidori seizing the notary by the arm jacques ferrand having reached the extremity of exhaustion was unable to contend with polidori who grasped him with a powerful clutch what would you prevent me from seeking cecily yes and besides there is a lamp in the next room and you know what an effect light so recently produced on your sight cecily is up above she is waiting for me and i would cross a red-hot furnace to rejoin her let me go she called me her old tiger mind you then for my claws are sharp you shall not go i will sooner tie you down to your bed like a furious madman listen polidori i am not mad i am perfectly in my senses i know that cecily is not really up there but to me the phantoms of my imagination are equal to realities silence cried polidori suddenly and listening i just now thought i heard a carriage stop at the door and i was not mistaken now i hear a sound of voices in the courtyard you want to deceive me said jacques but i am not so easily deceived but unhappy man listen listen don't you hear let me go cecily is upstairs she calls me do not make me furious and now i say to you mind beware you shall not go out take care you shall not go out it is for my interest that you should remain you would hinder me from seeking cecily and it is my interest that you should die there there said the notary in a gloomy tone polidori uttered a cry wretch you have stabbed me in the arm but your hand was weak the wound is slight and you shall not escape me your wound is mortal for it was given by the poisoned stiletto of cecily which i always carried about me await the effects of its poison ah you release me then now you are about to die i was not to be hindered from going up above to find cecily added jacques endeavouring to grope his way in darkness to the door oh murmured polidori my arm becomes benumbed a death-like coldness seizes on me my knees tremble under me my blood freezes in my veins my head whirls around help help i die and he fainted the crash of glass doors opened with so much violence that several panes of glass were broken to atoms the resounding voice of Rodolphe and the noise of hastily approaching steps seemed to reply to polidori's cry of anguish jacques ferrand having at length discovered the lock of the door opened it suddenly with his dangerous stiletto in his hand at the same instant as menacing and formidable as the genius of vengeance The prince entered the apartment from the other side. "'Monster!' he exclaimed, advancing towards Jacques Ferrand. "'It was my daughter whom you have killed. "'You are going.' The prince could not conclude, but recoiled in amazement. It would seem as if his words had been a thunderbolt to Ferrand, for, casting away his dagger and raising both his hands to his eyes, the unhappy wretch fell with his face to the ground, uttering a cry that was scarcely human.' to complete the phenomenon which we have attempted to describe and the action which profound obscurity had suspended when jacques ferrand entered the apartment so brilliantly lighted up he was struck with an overwhelming vertigo just as though he had been suddenly cast into the midst of a torrent of light as blazing as the disc of the sun it was a fearful spectacle to see the agony of this man who was twisting in convulsions tearing the floor with his nails as if he would have dug himself a hole to escape from the atrocious tortures occasioned by this powerful light. Rodolphe, one of his servants and the porter of the house, who had been compelled to guide the prince hither, were struck with horror. In spite of his just hatred, Rodolphe felt a pity for the unheard-of sufferings of Jacques Ferrand, and desired that he should be laid on the sofa. This was not effected without difficulty, for, from fear of being subjected to the direst influence of the lamp, the notary struggled violently and when his face was covered with the full glare of the light he uttered another shriek a shriek which chilled rodolph with terror after fresh and long torture the phenomenon ceased by its very violence having reached the last bounds of suffering without death following the visual torment ceased but according to the regular course of the malady a delirious excitement followed the crisis jacques ferrand became suddenly as stiffened in frame as an epileptic his eyelids until then obstinately closed suddenly opened and instead of avoiding the light his eyes fixed themselves on it immovably the pupils in a state of extraordinary dilation and fixedness seeming phosphorescent and internally lighted up he appeared plunged in a kind of ecstatic contemplation his body and limbs remained at first in a state of complete immobility his features being agitated by nervous twitches and spasms his hideous countenance thus contracted and twisted had no longer any human appearance and it appeared as if the appetites of the animal by stifling the intelligence of the man impressed on the features of this wretch a character absolutely bestial having attained the mortal point of his madness he remembered in his delirium the words of cecily who had called him her tiger gradually his reason forsook him and he imagined he was a tiger his half-uttered breathless words displayed the disorder of his brain and the singular aberration that had seized on him gradually his limbs until then stiff and motionless extended he fell from the sofa and tried to rise and walk but his strength failed him and he was compelled now to crawl like a reptile and now to drag himself along on his hands and knees going coming this way and that way as his visions impelled or obtained possession of him crouched in one of the corners of the room like a tiger in his den his hoarse and furious cries his grinding of teeth the convulsive twistings of the muscles of his face and brows and his ardent gaze gave him a wild and frightful resemblance to this ferocious brute tiger 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 that i am he said in a harsh voice and gathering himself into a heap yes tiger what blood in my cavern what rent carcasses la goualeuse the brother of this widow a small child louise's baby these are the carcasses and my tigress cecily will have her share then looking at his torn fingers the nails of which had grown immensely during his illness he added in broken language oh my sharp nails sharp and keen an old tiger i am but agile strong and bold no one dares dispute my tigress cecily with me ah she calls she calls he said advancing his hideous visage and listening after a moment's silence he huddled himself against the wall again and continued no i thought i had heard her but she is not there yet i see her oh yes always always ah there she is she calls me she roars roars down there i'm here i'm here and ferrand dragged himself towards the centre of the room on his hands and knees although his strength was exhausted he made a convulsive leap from time to time then paused and listened attentively where is she i approach she goes away cecily here is your old tiger he cried as with a last effort he arose and balanced himself on his knees suddenly falling back with affright his body bending on his heels his hair on end his look haggard his mouth twisted with terror his two hands extended he seemed to struggle with desperation with some invisible object uttering incoherent words and exclaiming in broken tones what a bite help my hands are powerless i cannot drive away these sharp teeth no no oh not such eyes help a serpent a black snake with its flat head and fiery eyes how it looks at me it is the fiend and he knows me jacques ferrand at church the pious man always at church go go cross yourself and the notary raising himself a little and leaning with one hand on the floor endeavoured to cross himself with the other his livid brow was bathed in cold sweat his eyes began to lose their transparency and become dim all the symptoms of approaching death manifested themselves rodolph and the other witnesses of the scene remained as motionless and mute as if they had been under the effect of a frightful dream oh continued jacques ferrand still half stretched on the floor and supporting himself by one hand the demon vanishes i am going to church i am a holy man i pray what no one will know it do you think so no no tempter be quite sure well let them come these women all yes all if no one finds out but the secret he continued in a tone of exhaustion the secret ah here they are three what says this one i am louise morel oh yes louise morel i know it i am only one of the people you think me handsome here take her what does she bring me her head cut off by the executioner it looks at me that head of death it speaks the livid lips move and say come 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 i will not i will not demon leave me go 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 and this other woman ah beautiful beautiful jacques i am the duchesse de lucenay see my angelic figure my smile my bold glance come come yes i come but wait and who is this one who turns away her face oh cecily cecily yes jacques tis cecily you see the three graces louise the duchess and myself choose beauty of the people patrician beauty the savage beauty of the tropics and hell with us come come hell with you yes shrieked jacques ferrand again rising on his knees and extending his arms to seize these phantoms this last effort was followed by a mortal throw and he fell back again stiff and lifeless his eyes starting from their orbits whilst fierce convulsions were visible on his features unnaturally distorted a bloody foam on his lips his voice hoarse and strangling like that of a person in hydrophobia for in its last paroxysm this fearful malady shows the same symptoms as madness the breath of this monster was extinguished in the midst of a final and horrible vision for he stammered forth these words black night black spectres skeletons of brass red-hot with fire unfold me their burning fingers make my flesh smoke my marrow is scorched fleshless horrid spectre no no cecily fire flame agony cecily these were jacques ferrand's last words and rodolph left the place overcome with horror End of chapter three Read by Celine Major.